We want to welcome everyone back to BNB Presents the Black Media Podcast. And we got another to be favorite for you all this evening. But before we get into all that, my name is Ben. And to my right. Hey, you got your girl Nada. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. To my right, who we got? Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Betty, 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 Betty. What up, though? Yes, yes, yes. And tonight we are reviewing Ear to Ear. Of course, it's on Tubi. Two hours, 20 minutes. Don't let that scare you, though, because this film is about a family suffering from mental illness who discover each other's conditions while trying to get justice for their brother's death. Uh, this movie was uh, probably one of the reasons why we picked it, because it's directed by Kamal Smith. And Kamal Smith, as you all know, uh, he, had, he had a radio show in Detroit. But if you ask anyone, he came from off the uh, play circuit. Everyone talks about how great of a director and plays and uh, that he was doing. And it was written by Jada Jones, and it stars Marcia Adams. Keith I was Anthony. proud of Jada Jones for yeah. this. Uh, yeah. And uh, Michael B- Bibbing. So, yeah, it had a, it had a, a, a pretty solid Tubi cast. Jada and, was the one who played the um, the doctor. Yep. Okay. Is this her? <laughs> is this her? Right? Is this her debut as a writer? Because that I I'm don't not know. sure. That was a hell, a hell of a uh, feat for her. What else has she played in that we've watched? Because she looks very familiar. She plays in a lot of um, a uh, lot he, of films. Uh, he played me too, riding uh, McGraw Avenue. I think she was credited for it one time. So as an actress, uh, he played me too. Intimate Betrayals, McGraw mm-hmm. Avenue. Uh, she played Tamika in Ear to Ear. Uh, movie called Riding. I don't think we saw that one. Riding, and, yeah, with the girl Apple. Yep. And then mm-hmm. as a writer, this was her first. And I think as a producer, she did produce on this as well. So, yeah, I was proud of her. I was like, "Oh God, that was good." I was happy to see that. Doing her team. And Micah Bivens, she did a great job too. I mean, oh, okay, never mind. We go get into that later, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess the first question is, why did we pick this movie? And I think Betty, you came in with a a clutch decision on this one. Yeah, because I, you know, we be in that Tubi group, and then I saw people like kind of talking about it. And then I was like, oh, we got, you know, some people that I'm familiar with. So, you know, let's watch it. And then I watched it. And I was like, well, I think y'all should watch it too. So that's what we get. Yeah. And the first question is, of course, sight and sound. Nada, how did you think sight and sound? Sight was, uh, well, okay. Visual. It could, it, it, could, it could have been better. It could have been better. I don't know if y'all really paid attention, but it was like, uh, it was one scene where they, um, I guess they were trying to like cut scenes and go to the next scene. And they like did a glimpse of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I now now I, I just think of Jada. I can't think of her name in the movie. It was Tamika. Doctor Jones. Hey, I mean Doctor Davis. Doctor Davis. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Davis's house. It was like um, they showed the outside of her house and they showed him like talking about something in, inside the house. And then they kind of like showed the same outside of the house again. I'm like, why do they do that? It was it was just like kind of weird transition. I'm like, they they didn't need that. So oh, no sometimes continuity. I miss, I, yeah. I, sometimes I miss the continuity, even in like larger productions. If I'm not paying attention, so that was a good catch. But there is a whole person that's in charge of that. Yeah, <laughs> if they hire movies. them. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. Like you know, most films so, have a person that's in charge of that. It looked like it just really came down to the editing of 
the video that they had like somebody just edited that that but it wasn't just that part it was other little parts that I picked out that was kind of similar to that and the sound the sound I don't know like sometimes it sounded like it was like uh like it was a voiceover in some parts and then other parts it sounded like you could hear the same person talking twice did y'all catch that are you talking about like on the outdoor scenes mm, on, on any scene it was, okay. it was one scene when they were in the house um the mama and all the kids uh this is towards the beginning because he was still alive but they was all in the house talking i'm like why does the sound sound like that and i kind of re rewind you know started to rewind it to, to see if that's what it was i'm like maybe it's my headphones but no that's how it you know it was just coming for the movie i thought that was kind of weird y'all didn't catch that I, I think it was the sound for me was this when i was on those outside parts it, they they didn't know how to eliminate like background noise that well, but yeah, that's true. I, that's I what, caught that too. That's mm-hmm. kind of like, wait a minute, how many? That's what kind of threw me off. Like, is there a conversation in the conversation? Like, oh no, that's background noise. Mm-hmm. Betty, what was up with sight and sound for you? I think I I think I feel the same way. Like they did not do a good job of uh, filtering out the um Ex- the background noise. However, yeah. I did not catch too many things with the um visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's possibly because it was so damn long. I can't remember <laughs> some of the stuff. Sometimes I'll be trying to make notes and, you know, but I didn't do it that time. But I mean, overall, I think it was a good production. And Betty, how did you like the storyline? I was intrigued. I, I enjoyed the storyline because, um, it gave us something different, like something that we hadn't seen before. Um, it was a lot of layers to it. I think that they did a good job at storytelling and keeping us uh, in suspense because I did not mm-hmm. expect any of that to happen. So mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with that. So I was very pleasantly surprised. And then I was thinking like, God damn, this movie's still going. They probably could have did uh, one and two on this. But mm-hmm. I mean, overall, I think that the storyline was good. I'm not going to say that it couldn't have been uh, tidied up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think that for the production and, you know, for this to be Jada's first time writing, I think it did a great job. I, mm-hmm. I really commend them. I even posted in our Tubi group that they all did a great job um, with that. So I, I was very proud of the production. Um, our people have, like, um, endless um, capabilities. Like, they really have um, the talent to, like, really, mm-hmm. really do well in, in this industry. And I'm, I'm very proud to see the elevation of the storytelling. Like, I was like, yes, finally something that we can dig into and we can look into because, I, you know, I guess we'll talk about it more um, in the movie. But I was like, yes, it's some depth to it. Like, yes, it's, it's things happening here um, outside of just. And, you know, what's the crazy thing about this movie, about the storyline is everything could have still been done without the side drug dealing part. Like, mm-hmm. like we know that the brother was a drug right. dealer and that could have been inferred, but we didn't need like the girl who was suspected of killing him. Like we didn't need all of that stuff. Like right. I think the story was good on, its, on own. its own. And we could have probably reduced some of the confusion with taking out so much content about the brothers um, side dealings. Mm-hmm. I think we could have deal without that, but overall, I think they did a great job. Nada. How did you like the storyline? 
Yeah, the storyline was um, it was on point. I actually enjoyed it. What? Um, See, it. It. It's it. not a Hold on, not I'm not approved. finished. Right, oh, no. <laughs> we got a, we got one win. Hold on, a win is a win. Trying to come with the sandwich approach here. Let me let me. Uh-oh. Hold okay, on, come on, sandwich it up for us. <laughs> come on, so subway. yeah, the storyline was um, <laughs> I will say that I uh, you know was engaged throughout the whole movie because I was trying to find out what was going to happen next or who was the person um, that actually did it. Uh, I honestly did think it was his friend. Um, did I just give it, give it away? Yeah. <laughs> well, you eliminated uh, the person. It was endless possibilities of who it could have been. So. <laughs> yeah, but I will say some of the scenes where it's just like the girls <laughs> talking and stuff like that, why why do like why do we have to be portrayed as like so hood in those? Like, you know, I can see that she's you know trying to be a professional and stuff like that, but the nurse's assistant, or not the nurse's assistant, her um her um assistant it's in the, the office. Nurse, yeah. Yeah, and just like conversations with her with her sisters and then their friends. I'm like, why does it have to be like, I don't know, it's it's just it's just a little certain tone in there that it was just like kind of ratchet to me well we but, already know that you don't like the ratchet dealings we know that you know not none of the hood rat ways and even and like from even like for me even being from you know detroit and living in the urban environment and being around some of the um people who may you know be um from certain neighborhoods or being from a certain neighborhood sometimes i i am uncomfortable with some um just extraness because it's yes. not even really about being um i i don't think it's really about being hood or ratchet i just think it's about being appropriate like at what point are you like in the middle of a restaurant talking about some yeah bitch like at a certain right. age like you know yeah, yeah i don't know Starter. i mean and then sometimes i do Starter. have to like i have to really evaluate my age group and and my you know my lifestyle from other people so i try not to be judging but it'd be like you know, some things just ain't appropriate all the time. Like, it's the time just, and the place for everything, and just that ain't the place or time. I just say that, you know, how many seasons are we into this podcast now, and how many times have we did a Detroit movie, and how many times does it seem like those same characters could have played in any of those movies because of the sound, the style that they're trying to give? Like, I understand, you know, you're trying to represent your city, but uh, let's do it in a more tasteful way. You know what I mean? I agree. But the story was on point, Benny, to answer your question. I did enjoy what? the story. Okay. Yes. Now, do you all, even though at two hours and 20 minutes, do you think the, the storyline itself or the whole thing was kind of rushed? Or did they pace it properly, Nada? Um, I, I don't think it was paced properly. I think some of those scenes we could have uh, did without, especially with the one promiscuous sister. Um, oh, yeah. We could have did without some of those sex scenes. Um. We didn't see it wouldn't be without a sister. I like you right. know what? I like the I like the movies. Like some of the movies that I watch, they will have like um I like the just the inferred that we had sex movies. Like let's yes. just allude to the fact that we had sex. Like I don't need to see the entire act. Like right. ain't nobody, this ain't Pornhub. Ain't nobody trying to see you get your back broke. My son is right here, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, ain't nobody trying to see all that. Like, let's just allude to the fact that. That's you know, like let it fade into mm-hmm. the next thing. Like I'm okay with that, but all the extraness that they be doing in these movies, 
I, I, I feel like we don't need that. Now, so you need to stay away from get... Queens of Kings when you see that. That's a straight. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I haven't watched it, but I've been seeing people talk about it on in a group. So I was going to get to it possibly one day this week. I will say the the scene between Dr. Davis and her boo, her booski, I justified. think that was, that was a, yeah, that's a justified scene because obviously. It was very justified. But the that whole scene. That shit really threw me off. Why? Oh, with her situation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that. That was good. That shit threw me off. I was like, I'll bet everything's straight. Yeah. Everything's But I guess everything was copacetic, I guess. Right. Right. <laughs> that, okay. that, she was that excited in her own way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That threw me off. Yeah, that threw me that off, threw too. me off. Now, if you all can remember, I'm going to ask a question. Uh, well, Betty, you can, did you touch on, uh, was it rushed? Or do you think it was paced properly? I don't think it was rushed. I think I think it was paced. Like Nada said, I think we could have deal without some of the um, extra mm-hmm. sex scenes. But I think it was paced properly because I one thing that I I one thing that I wish they hadn't rushed and they did a better job of explaining is the mom situation. Like, how did she get in that situation? Like, did this cause her to be the way that she is now? Was she like that before? Prior to. When okay. she was pregnant, before her husband yep. died? Like, we needed more I don't, backstory. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we needed, we could have used a little bit more backstory because that was a very intricate key. part mm-hmm. of key to the, the storyline. So I would have loved to see more of that. Um, and I love the way that they kind of played in on how the sister became that way that she was. And a lot of people suffer from that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get, uh, you know, attention, attention. Prepared and stuff like that. So that was important. But I really felt like we needed to go back a little bit to the mom story a little bit to kind of gain clarity on how this happened. But This yeah. is going to be a weird question. But how do you all think the makeup and hair was? So I was just now because I watch Tubi movies and I know people who play in Tubi movies and they don't have like a from what I understand most of the movies don't have their own uh they don't have a a a, a wardrobe but budget or or um makeup budget or anything like that. So they just be out there kind of doing their own thing. So I always pretty much understand that when I'm watching the movies and depending on how long it takes them to film, you know, what is happening. Um I didn't necessarily care for um the nurse assistant like I don't know what her hair was doing maybe she just was like I'm going to film today and maybe that was just you know that's how I felt about the one sister too because it was like she had a weave but it looked like she needed to straighten it one more time before they said action like it was like bent up yeah they don't have like they don't have a a a wardrobe person and all that stuff so well you can tell that because they be wearing their own uh they be wearing their own uh, clothing lines and stuff. You see, they were promoting their clothing lines mm. and stuff well, like that. So the reason why I brought that up is because this film actually had a makeup department. Really? Uh, it had a hairstylist, had three hairstylists, and three makeup artists. Are you fucking kidding me? Now I gotta yeah. go back and watch it because I wasn't even looking <laughs> to see that because I'm just used Dr. to Dr. Davis' makeup was pretty. Her makeup was always pretty, except when she started crying. That was a hot mess. I was like, ooh. Yeah, because she needed to. She needs to have been crying like a hot mess. So right? maybe because that was a hot ass mess situation. That was. She it was. Because and then this motherfucking Eastside tried to have. I mean, I can see him having an attitude or being mad, but nigga, like this was here you, before I got here, nigga. Right. He tried to blame this shit on me. 
I was thinking, like, is Dr. Is Dr. Jones violating the HIPAA laws around here? Oh, when she was talking to her husband? I mean, her when she was talking with the guy about her person, her her uh, sister coming, her brother's girlfriend yeah, I was coming like, in I don't again. Know what's going on. I don't know if he, because he part of the the pharmacy, he knew already because they partners in that. I don't know, like. But I don't think was... he's still supposed to share that information. Because that's what happened with those people with uh, Jesse Smollett. Remember, he got mm -hmm. beat up and people was looking at his records and they fired up. somebody. Got fired for looking at the celebrity records. Yeah, I think. So, you, was that right? Telling people, yeah. Yeah, yeah but this, because it's a Kamal Smith production, this had makeup department, it had a production management, it had an art department as far as decorations, it had a sound department. The special effects was done by Sanaya. Well, uh, somebody, Marie. somebody missed the mark because when they was inside that club, I don't know if y'all saw the mirrors on the wall, but they Little was daddy. dusty as hell. <laughs> like, maybe, they, maybe that's the that's the that's the what they was giving. The maybe that's what it was giving. That was the ambiance. But really, I think that um I think Dr. Davis's house was nice from what we could see. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Dr. Davis's mm -hmm. house is noise. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I, I don't know. What was uh, your most memorable scene? Too long. Betty, what oh. was your most memorable? Uh oh. But now that you ready, you got mine? your most no. memorable. Oh, Betty, we go with you. I had it's one. The I forgot question. it. It's the same <laughs> question every time. The same question every time. And the the I don't know. I don't know what my most memorable scene was. I, I think it was like when she, it was a lot. It was a lot happening there. I don't know. I, I would say my most memorable scene is the uh, club because Nada sent us that picture like, oh, we went there. <laughs> so, no, no. I'm like, this club looks familiar. I've been so that's there. I was like, like, hold on, that's the spot. Anytime I'm in town, anytime I'm in town, that's that's our little that's our little spot right there. <laughs> so that's what my what most memorable scene. Uh, I just think okay. that I oh. I just think that. Um, one part that irritated me, and I'm not gonna say it was my most memorable scene, but like when they first met the girls, and then the guy who was co-owner was mm -hmm. like talking, uh, calling her bitches and all that. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Ooh, this is too much for me." Mm -hmm. Like, y'all didn't even have to write this scene in. Like, I didn't right. like that. It was nothing about that that I liked. Like, I was very visibly irritated watching that scene because, like, why did we have to do that? So that that yeah. bothered me. Yeah. Uh okay, so I got a scene, Benny. The Go ahead. it was towards it was towards the end when um that mean you watched the whole movie when you said it's towards the end. Come on now, don't do me like that. <laughs> don't do me like that. But it was towards the end where Dr. Davis and Drew got into it and she uh -huh. was, you know, they was going back and forth. I just want to point point out, I think that scene there was probably the best acting in the entire movie. Okay. When her and Drew mm -hmm. were going back and forth, I really enjoyed like that scene like it was it was it didn't seem like a tubi movie in in that scene like you could tell that they really really practiced that moment um and then just a, just just a, the, the the fact that she told you that you know you'll always be my person but um you know he's my soulmate i was like right. damn that's heavy that was heavy yeah, I did. I, I I thought that too, and I thought that that was like, damn, like that was fucked up. Yeah. But like as a doctor, but you get it. I get it. You get it. But you, I don't even want to give. I don't even want to give the story away. But as I'm getting older, and I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people who are afflicted, who have normal, regular, healthy lives, um, for many years. So. For me, I'm like, did you trust 
enough or you you know like it was i mean you know it's expected because you know people be like oh okay never mind so uh, that was heavy but one of the things that i i thought was interesting is that the the sister didn't know like how, how did y'all live in a whole house y'all whole life and she didn't know right right that's a good one so yeah. this would be the scale would you all have paid to see this at the movies uh, pay per stream or leave it free where it'd be Ooh. so if it was a if it was a bit more polished mm -hmm. i would have paid to go see it at the movies only You'd because of the length the length the story the the story behind it i would have paid to go see it but you know it was just a little too rough to be like at the movies okay. i think it was worth i think it was worth the a matinee you think so a matinee okay that's fair that's fair. Yeah, I would have. I would have probably went to go see it. And 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 quite honest, like as these stories are developing, as these um actresses and actors are developing, I would not have a problem. Like they starting to become some of my favorite people. Like Denzel, who? Like right. I want to see a, a Kamal Smith production. Like I want to see something from Homestead. So as as it's progressing and they're getting better, like I'm watching these movies and I'm like, oh, okay, we doing stuff for the people so yeah all right well Do you think it's gonna be a part two 911 dollars i really feel like it should be a part two because what the fuck happened y'all ain't tell us what, what happened what, what the fuck like for real <laughs> like this how y'all know it is i, I like, was like hold on did i miss something i hit rewind and everything i'm like i know that's not what i know they just ended the movie like oh no it's they like did. that but they did they did absolutely they did i feel cheated well, well let's do this we're gonna take a brief break and when we come back we want to discuss who's nervous about this Freaknik documentary and who daddy may be going to jail. So sit tight and we'll be back shortly. And we're back. And if you missed the first part of the segment, well, that first part of the segment, I should say, we were discussing ear to ear. Now we're talking about uh, this Hulu documentary about Freaknik and why uh, the lady folk out here in the world are nervous. Uh, should any of you I'm on this podcast say, be nervous? I'm just going to say, I'm Mark Safe from the Freak Nick documentary. <laughs> and my mama is Mark Safe from the Freak Nick documentary. However. Now, however. <laughs> I may have a couple. I'm I'm going to say I probably won't see nobody I know in that documentary. I'm okay. going to go out on the limb and say, I ain't going to see nobody I know in my family in that documentary. I can't say this. Not are you Mark Safe from the not are you I'm Mark Safe? Safe. Oh, I'm about to say. I know I'm Mark Safe, but family members, I cannot say the same. And Man, I, I, I know low key, I'm kind of hoping I see somebody because one of your family members in particular, I'm like, just <laughs> um, be everywhere. Was no, she there? She no, wasn't there. No. 90, well, they said this is, I guess, the 94. I don't know if they're going to yeah. combine all oh, the yeah. things. Oh, 94 is, is a bit is a bit far, far off for me. I was still in middle school in 94. So I'm definitely Mark Safe. Mm -hmm. And my what mama the... was going down to North Atlanta. So, so better you Mark Safe, not a you Mark Safe. Uh, mm -hmm. I know I'm Mark, but I don't know. I just saw a post, like something off somebody shared, and it was a picture. And then the girl commented on the bottom, like, can you take this down? That's my mama. Did y'all see that? <laughs> I saw that. There's going to be a whole lot this? of pictures like that. Can you please delete this? Because wasn't it like Yolanda Adams or something that they had going around? What? Like, oh, wait a minute, that? wait a minute. It oh. was a picture where they were like, this is like Yolanda Adams, Tamar Brack. It was like a bunch of women from back in the day. Yeah. But I, I, I remember was, that. Yeah, I thought it was something that was like, uh, definitely like this is Yolanda Adams. And I was like, ooh. 
it was like a it was a, it was a picture of some women leaning against the car, and Something I think like it was that, like Tamar. I don't know. If, I keep saying Tamar, but it was somebody. It was like a mainstream celebrity, it. and it was like Yolanda Adams. You know, she is. She got an open. So she got a, for those probably who might not, maybe Benny, go ahead and tell them what what Freak Nick is for those who may not. Um, yeah, so just to kind of give, uh, well, this is a predominantly black podcast, so I know our listeners know that Freaknik was an event that happened in Atlanta. Apparently, it started when a bunch of kids who went to school in Atlanta were not able to go home for the holiday for spring break. They would actually get together, barbecue, cook out, and then they started inviting their friends, and it mm-hmm. just be- turned into a snowball effect, and it just became mm-hmm. a, a big Freaknik, and you would see a lot of uh, Uncle Luke was driving the music heavy at that time. DJ Tune, mm-hmm. a lot of the Atlanta based, two live crew, a lot of the Atlanta based, Miami based was very heavily present. Then all your drug dealers came down there. Then you got the college girls, and it was a lot of uh, big old camcorders and. <laughs> What no cell that, phone? I said that gold chains, high top fade. I said that VHS tapes. Granny did a motherfucker, but you was gonna see them French rolls and them French rolls. Yeah, French rolls and and finger waves. People, mamas on top of cars with finger waves and y'all saying no. this like I, I'm literally remembering family members <laughs> getting finger waves and down there like I'm I'm, I'm visualizing this <laughs> French rolls with the white pins in them. Get the kids because we out. Basically. Listen, anybody who outfits. Anybody who is listening to this, I just want to let y'all know that the Black Media Podcast, none of its members or affiliates have been to the Freak Nick. Right. Mm-mm. But we definitely is gonna watch the documentary and judge your mama. Now, what <laughs> y'all? What you could be nervous about? Be probably Black Bike Weekend or uh, Caribbean because that kind of stemmed from it, right? Yeah, that I never was did. yeah. Black Bike Weekend, but my aunt and Uh-oh. her husband always had a huge party every year for Black Bike Weekend. So they had like a ton of people. They would rent condos and like all the family and friends would come down. They would always have a big shindig at their house. See? But once again, uh, I'm Mark safe from that as well because okay. I'm not, I am not that type of young lady. This is what I'm encouraging everyone to do. If you want to know who's now, in the documentary. Now what's that face? I'm sorry, what'd you say, Benny? If you want to know <laughs> who was in at Freaknik back in the day, go to your church on Sunday and get on the microphone and say, get on the church! and if anybody <laughs> start dancing. <laughs> oh, it's like 1995. <laughs> or just grab the microphone and say <laughs> you just drop a Luke bass beat just to see who started moving. If that person moved, they was down there. I'm gonna be moving, but I ain't, I ain't never been there. Okay. All right. Well, let me just say this: I would like to be moving, but I don't know what my body gonna be doing. But you know, my mind will be in that place. But it should be an interesting documentary, though. Do you all think anyway. that? Uh, far as uh, how's a good way to articulate this? When you see some of the pictures, it looked like some of the women were willingly participant. And then some of them like, uh, somebody daddy need to be locked up for this one. Somebody mm-hmm. said it was a 13-year-old girl who was Uh-oh. involved in some kind of act on some man's shoulders or something like that. And uh, how, what the fuck? Was you there visiting your sister at 13 and she took you to this party? I don't know. But I'm interested to see if that's in the documentary because that should definitely be some R. Kelly lock-em-up type shit right there. I, I just, um, oh, go ahead, Nada. 
I just I just think that uh, I lost my train of thought. Thirteen year old girl on the shoulders, R. Kelly. Which is oh, I just think <laughs> that with it being on Hulu and Hulu being as a large platform as it is, and you know we have the um, certain uh, people who like to uh, watch what our culture does. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be a lot of eyes from the outside watching and not really understanding so they you know it's, it's i think it's just gonna be frowned upon i, I well, don't give a fuck you, what they frown upon right. but here's the I, thing i didn't say that like, i didn't say that i care i'm just saying like i i'm just i just know that there's gonna be some sort of backlash but i mean that's fine the shit you, is, you, the shit you got girls it. going wild with steve francis exactly so okay, this is free all that my my no, question is who's committing see, these tapes not a, is also, right. what I do see happening is some Who told? Um, <laughs> somebody imitating, trying to duplicate. They did try to bring it back. A long time ago. Yeah. Uh, they did try to do I I want to say that's kind of how, well, I think white folks was going out of the country for spring break. So, like, uh, if you look at some old video, not out of the country, but South Padre Island, Texas, is not necessarily out of the country, but a lot of white folks are gathered down there. Then you have people they out do in all the Panama time. City, yeah. Panama, Panama City. Beach. So, said, yeah, yeah, Panama Beach. Yeah, Panama Beach. So they had their own thing going. They we had our own thing going. So it should. Be, I just want to know who put the call out for the tapes to say, please submit your VHS. R. Kelly. <laughs> R. Kelly. R. Kelly probably told the people where to go get them. He probably knew where the, where the bodies was there. He's like, if I'm going down, I'm taking everybody with me because he don't know how to hog out nobody. So, oh, you know, I know that is. They might be going to get somebody's daughter. I mean, the mother, one of the girls, they found the, uh, the text message where she was like, entice him, jump on his mm. lap or something like that. See? As, as the fuck she should. And, and people have been saying that for a long time also. Yeah. So, you know, if my if my teenage daughter was involved in some shit that I knew about, um, I mean, it wouldn't happen. But uh my daughter not about to be involved in no shit. And I'm not about you to ain't about to lead no it down dangerous there. situation for no motherfucking money or no opportunity. Like fuck that. Right. And if you is using your daughter to get your fucking fame and glory or whatever you're trying to get, your ass needs to be under the jail too. Mm-hmm. Son, daughter, or otherwise. So <laughs> let's do this before we get out of here. My name is Ben. It's about right. Got your girl Nada. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out that movie, y'all. Ear to ear. It was pretty dope. I think you'll enjoy it. It's so my right. Who you got? It's your girl, Betty, 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 y'all. I'm out. And make sure y'all check out the all the Homestead Productions, the Kamal Smith Productions on 2B right now. Good night, right. y'all. Peace. See you next time. Peace.